Torah isn't education, it's transformation. This is Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. We are back as we do every Monday between 2 to 3 where we discuss education, Chinuch, how to make the world a better place, but really how to start making us better people, how to influence our families, our communities, our city, our country, the world, anything, but start within ourselves that we can be just better people in a better world, in a better place to live. Very special show coming up today. Uh, today I'm sitting here with one of the High FM experts, actually, um, considering that we are going into Hanukkah. And I'm sure you've asked yourself, or if not, maybe it's time, about Hanukkah, because when we talk about Chinuch, and we talk about Hanukkah, seems to be a very, very similar connection, almost that the same roots, the same shorsh of the same words between Chinuch, which is education, and Hanukkah, which is the festival holiday we are celebrating now. So we need to understand a bit more about the connection between Chinuch and between Hanukkah. And for that, I've asked Chai FM Professional for Judaism 101, uh, Rabbi Michael Katz, to come in and join me for today's show. Rabbi, Rabbi Katz, besides of him having the Judaism leading show here on Chai FM every Wednesday, he also is the rabbi of Chabad Ilovo and uh, one of the directors of Chabad Johannesburg. So I'm sure he has a lot to share with us and to uh, discuss, and we can chat about the Hanukkah, the light, the happiness, and the Simcha. I know that during the holidays and a special holiday every Yom Tov, but a special time like Hanukkah, it's a time to be happy. And we know that even when something tragic happens, we do not do any hispadim, as what we call, <coughs> meaning we we don't talk about the more uh, about mourners, etc. So we're gonna keep this show as a educational show, very educational and very happy and exciting for Yom Tov. However, at the same time. Last Wednesday afternoon, I think every one of us in the community felt like we've lost a friend, an educator, an unbelievable educator, educator in kids with special needs, kids with remedials, kids with challenges, adults, and mainstream. I mean, he was teaching everywhere from the mainstream and neurotypical and influenced everybody. I have to say that I meet a lot of people and I don't think I met one person since last Wednesday who didn't have a close connection and was not affected by the passing of our beloved educator, Rabbi Dovi Hochstetter. Um, didn't even need to say the name. I think everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about and who I'm talking about. But when we talk about education show, we cannot have an educational show without mentioning the lost the loss to the town, the loss to the city, the loss to the world of such an outstanding, unbelievable, kind, caring, loving educator who influenced everyone, I'd say, in the city. Uh, really, there's no words. And I think this year for being happy in the beginning of Hanukkah, we're going to get uh, double rewards because it's so much harder. And when we wish to cry, we're actually managing to stand and to be part of our Hanukkah. Okay, so from that note, we will go on to the show. Any comments, anything you would like to add or ask, ask Rabbi Katz, ask me, comment on the show, hear about anything, please send us your SMSs at 34519 is the SMS line, or Telegram, 061-895-1019, Telegram, 061-895-1019. Actually, I'm going to do something I haven't done on the show before, uh, perhaps maybe once I did, is if any of the listeners feels that 
Rabbi Dovi Hochstetter, um influenced them educationally, chinuch, in, in his life in any way, and you'd like to share it with the world, send us a message and I will read it on live so we can all remember and mourn together. So if you want to comment as well, not only about the context of the show, but as well about Rabbi Dovi, please feel free. 34519 is the SMS line or Telegram, 061-895-1019. So, Rabbi Katz, Freilich and Chanukah. Freilich and Chanukah to you too. Okay, let's start right away and dive into this question. Chanukah, Chinuch, sounds like the same word. What is the connection? Well, if you think about it, uh, Rabbi, it actually is the same word. Um, the word of Chanukah and Chinuch, because when the Beis Amigdash had been defiled and the Maccabim came in, and found it in the state that it was, they had to rededicate or dedicate the Beis HaMikdash and all the Kedusha, all the holiness of it had to be rededicated. And that's the same word. It's the word of dedication. When we think about the concept of Chinuch from a Jewish point of view, it is dedication. It's dedicating and kind of uh, building the, uh, the, the building blocks, the foundations for children, for adults, for everybody, as they start off, this is what chinuch really is. is it's giving you that direction. Is there a connection between the dedication to the, of the Beis Amigdash and the dedication we have to our children? I have students? absolutely no doubt. Definitely, yes, because uh, those are our lights and those are the uh, special neshamas, the special souls that we are given um, here on earth to be able to, uh, to take, to mold, to uplift, and to dedicate to, uh, to holiness, to kedusha. Um, of, of course it's linked. It's exactly the same thing. So before we dive into the link directly, maybe if you could just in a few words give us a, the, the story, the background of what we're celebrating, just a bit to understand. I hope I'm not taking away your Wednesday show. But <laughs> no, it was last Wednesday <laughs> show. It was last Wednesday show. Okay, so we can repeat. <laughs> and, and just get this concept of uh, what are we talking about and in, in three sentences. Well, let's go very, very briefly. The Assyrian Greeks came with a philosophy of uh, Hellenism, of trying to uh, douse the flames of Judaism, so to speak, of to put out the fire, the passion, and the holiness um, of the Jewish people with the Beit HaMikdash, with all the services that we had and everything that we were doing in order to reach and be closer to, to Hashem and to be closer to God. They, their Hellenistic idea and ideal was to try and make everything mundane and physical, to take out the Kedusha, to remove anything that had to do with holiness, they were the kind of people who said, you know, it's all about the physical, it's all about the material, it's not about the soul. The uh, Yehuda Maccabi and his men, his people, his family um, came along with a very, very different view and a very different onslaught. They, uh, they're well known for the uh, fact that they were kind of guerrilla war- warriors, but they were really warriors for Torah, for, uh, for Yiddishkeit, for Judaism. They fought a hard fight. They managed to push back the Assyrian Greeks, but it wasn't before they, the, the, the Assyrian Greeks had really um, brought, brought, a, brought abomination into the Beit HaMikdash, into the temple. They'd taken everything and defiled it. They'd made it all unholy. They tried to get the holiness out of everything. They'd made everything unholy. The so victory it was, a was war. okay. The vic- just, just to understand, it was a war about freedom of spiritual. Correct. Spiritual freedom. And, okay. and, the, and the, uh, the triumph of the Jews in, in, in uh, those days was, number one, on that level. Number two was, of course, the miracle of finding a little bit of oil 
that they had kind of a, a bypassed. They hadn't seen it. They hadn't uh, spoiled it. They hadn't opened the seal. And to be able to take that, utilize it, use it in the menorah, which burnt every day in the Beit HaMikdash, lighting it um, as they did then, um, not knowing where they would get more oil from or when they would be able to get more oil. And miraculously, that oil lasted for eight days when it should only have lasted for one. Amazing, which is the custom until today that we actually light candles as well. For the full eight days, correct. So we'll get into that lights and, and spreading the light and lighting candles and where that comes into education uh, just before, just after we take a short ad break because, as we said, Craig's the boss. So we are going to go into short ad break. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 We are back after a short ad break. I'm in a discussion with Rabbi Michael Katz, who hosts the Wednesday show on Judaism 101 at Chai FM, as well as the Rabbi of Chabad Ilovo and Director of Chabad House of Johannesburg. And we are discussing Hanukkah, education, the connection, etc. So right before the break, Rabbi shared with us the war that was happening, the education, the war about spiritual freedom that was happening. And we ended off that at the end of the war, the victory was achieved and they went into the, the Beit HaMikdash and they lit the candles. And until today, that's what we do. And what I was wondering is there's so much that happened from what you were talking about, the war, the fight, the victory, having you know a small group of guerrilla fighters win the biggest army in the world. What is it about the candles and lights that we are celebrating as a, until today as a part of it? Is there something unique that... That was chosen to be the highlight of the this. Oh, very beautiful. Holiday. Yes, well, most certainly. And uh, if we think about it, you know, a rabbi, as you well know, um, when we when it comes to all our celebrations, and particularly, I always think about the Pesach Seder. Pesach Seder is designed as a. I think it was the very first um, sort of multi-sensory event. Um, that was designed okay. by our sages to make sure that every single sense is utilized in, and, 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 and brought to the fore for a child. We think about how much we do at the Pesach Seder for the children and to keep them interested and so on. Multisensory. There's visual. There's, uh, there's sound. There's taste. There's touch. There's all of these things that come, Smell come into it. And it's, it's, it's the most incredible design of an event um, in order to touch all the senses and really get the kids interested. And it's not just about what they're reading in a book and not just about what they're hearing in a story, but it's multisensory. If we think about the Hanukkah it's menorah. It's like to relive the, the event. Absolutely. Well, so all of our, all of our achagim um, uh, can be viewed, our festivals can be viewed in a similar way. Now, Hanukkah, perhaps in this country, where everybody goes away on holiday, it's maybe the one time where the shift has to be that it's not in your school, but it's actually in the home. And that mm-hmm. is an essential ingredient of Hanukkah. The menorah has to be lit with the whole family around. Everybody's got to be present. So the kids need to be there, and we encourage them to light, and we want them to play dreidel, and we want them to uh, to eat their sufganiyot or their, uh, their donuts or their latkes. They're trying to bring about this multi-sensory kind of a, a, an involvement as well. So there's another chinuch overlay, but at the same time, the concept of light. Light is, it, it's, it's knowledge. Knowledge is light. When we think about the enlightenment, enlightenment, but we think about Torah being or it's light. When we look at the concept of light, people often talk about, oh, now I see your point. Now I see it. We, we seeing the light means 
that we're actually hopping, we're actually understanding, we're actually grasping what the message is truly all about. And perhaps this is one of the so underlying… we call the point of view, yeah, as says. Exactly. exactly. A point of view, seeing the light, now I see it, etc. It is… Um, it's, it's an essential thing to have light. And it's a funny joke at the moment, I suppose. In joke, <laughs> I think we know it more than anybody now. <laughs> it's essential to have light, and we've got to add to that light and add to that holy, special, spiritual light because that's really it's kind of a, a bit of a balance. It's not just about physical light. It's not just about the stuff that ESCOM can provide for us or not provide for us. It's about our chinuch. It's about our education, about our Torah, about our holiness, and that being brought into a family and provided. Even if you're away on holiday, even if you're uh, sitting in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a luxurious place or a camping grounds and so on, to bring that kind of spiritual light into the environment is something that not only will the kids relate to, but the kids will never forget. And it bonds the family, brings it all together, and adds to the holiness of, uh, of the So occasion. where do we want to go with this? Meaning, you've, you said it brilliantly, and especially now we're in holidays, every family in its own. And Hanukkah does have that element of family, of a candle for help, for home, and Ner Yishu and that concept. And we don't have schools right now uh, operating. So it's really on us. So any parent listening and says, okay, we're lighting the candles, and what? What should we use this time to teach and share to our, the next generation? Well, once again, once again, we all know that part of the liturgy on, uh, on Hanukkah is that we are only allowed to look at the candles. We're not allowed to use them for anything else. It is about seeing it. It's about, A, seeing is believing, about how it becomes embedded in our minds. And at the same time, parents need to educate themselves a little bit to be able to impart the knowledge of what the story was all about, about seeing the miracles and understanding that somebody like Yehuda Maccabi, I often ask uh, kids, people that I come into contact with, where does the name Maccabi come from? One of the one of the places, of course, is Mi Kamocha Ba'elim Hashem. It comes from our davening, where this was possibly the way that the, the Maccabim actually went out to war, that they used that as a trademark, as a war cry, as uh, the thing that they had uppermost in their mind, which was realizing that our true light really comes from Hashem. The miracles in our lives, and there are many of them, um, they keep on continuing. I mean, we take for granted things of nature, and we take for granted that we can see, that we can hear, and so on. All comes from, from God, from godliness. In the same way as the candles, the flames point upwards to give us an idea of where the holiness and where the special um, uh, gifts that God gives us on a daily basis actually come from is to continue lighting those candles, realizing that it's from Shamayim, it's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's from Hashem, it's from God Himself, that all of this power and all of the strength and all of these miracles actually come. It puts us into a realm whereby we can then determine, we can see. It's not from the Hellenists, and it's not from the scientists, and it's not from uh, uh, the Assyrian Greeks, and it's not from the nations of the world who've come along to try and tell us that, uh, that everything else is of paramount importance. It's about us realizing how important our holiness our connection with God, our Torah chinuch, our Torah education actually is for each and every one of us. Okay. Wow, amazing. So uh, what I would like to go in, into more, maybe talking about practical in the days we live today, because when we want to look back and learn from historical events and from what we saw that brought us this Hanukkah, so uh, as we understand, the war that was happening at the time was about freedom of religion and freedom of doing you know what you believe in serving hashem and serving um the the your beliefs and 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 
and the Torah and the holiness. We live today in a generation that we also have that conflict consistently because we live today in a world that we have loads of information coming from every direction, loads of work over social media, over communities, over things that many times will clash with the values of a parent. So think, we're thinking of a parent today who's living in this world and ra- raising their children and is trying to teach their values to the next generation. And they're facing a war with the whole world that has different values and different um, concepts they want to teach and influence our own children. How do we stand strong and protect our children today, learning the older methods, and as well as you know, not isolating them from the world, but at the same time protecting them? Very beautiful thought, I think, is if we take a look at the, and once again, uh, linking Hanukkah with Chinuch, if we take a look at the menorah itself and the candles of, or all candles, but the candles of the menorah, we've got the oil, the wick, the wax, and the flame. Okay. We've got the most beautiful image there of how the body and the soul actually need to work together. We need the physical. We need the material. We need this world around us in order to elevate it and bring it closer to Kedusha. That's our job um, on earth, to be the lamplighters, to take the, the holiness that's embedded within everything and elevate it, bring it, bring it out and bring it to light, make it, exactly. make, it co- make it come to light. But at the same time, a message perhaps from uh, the Jews in the time of the Maccabees in the time of the Hanukkah story was that really essentially they were allowed, if you take a look for those who want to reference it from the Gemara in Psachim where it talks about the fact that actually according to Jewish law, the oil, once it was defiled, since they couldn't get any other, when there was a communal impurity that had pervaded everything, they actually could have used the regular oil in the menorah. Right. Two but they, as we call it. They, but they didn't want to. They didn't want to. And why didn't they want to? Because, A, they realized that this would be a great victory for the Assyrian Greeks who were telling them any oil can burn on the ba- in, the, in the base of Magdash on the menorah. Any oil can be there. They were telling them that the mundane, the physical, can be holy. They said, no, we're going to go for the best of the best. We're only going to do it in the way that we know that was mandated by Shamayim, by God, by our, our, our Torah, that this is the only way we're going to do it. We're going to do it in a way of the best of the best. And they took this one little bit of oil and it burned miraculous, miraculously for, for the eight days. When it comes to chinuch, when it comes to education, we have a message from that, that we too need to make sure we're giving our kids, we're giving our children, we're giving our families the best of the best when it comes to education. We cannot compromise, and we dare not compromise, on our Torah education, on our Jewish education. We need to not be satisfied with um, mediocrity when it comes to um, education of our children. We've got to go for the best. And the best for one doesn't necessarily mean it's the best for the, for the other. We need to, 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 to understand that certain children, certain environments are better for them and so on when there's special needs, etc. We've got to take care of all of that, but we dare not compromise the Torah chinuch that we're giving our children. Here, and as a Chabadnik, you know that uh, I need to quote something from the Rebbe, the uh, Lubavitcher yeah, Rebbe. Uh, the Lubavitcher Rebbe was, was very, very strong on the point of the fact that educators, teachers, need to 
be living examples that the kids can follow. You cannot have somebody trying to educate children when it comes to Yiddishkeit, to Torah, who's not living that Yiddishkeit, that Torah. They've got to be a living example. Why? Once again, there's the visual concept, the visual, as well as all the other senses of a child. It's not just about what you teach them in the books. Anybody can teach from a book. Anybody can read and translate and so on. And they do that in all other subjects at school. But when it comes to Torah Chinuch, when it comes to the Chinuch of Kedusha, it's got to be Mahadrin Mina Mahadrin. It's got to so, be the best of the best, and the teacher must be living it. A hundred percent. And I think maybe let's look at the difference between education and perhaps teaching academics. Because what you're saying is teaching academics is one thing, but when it comes to education, it's not enough to know what you're about to teach. You actually have to be living it and be part of it. Absolutely. You, you, no, nobody, nobody is going to ask the mathematics teacher if they live mathematics. And nobody's going to ask the geography teacher if they live geography. But right. Torah, Yiddishkeit, they have to, you, you, it can't be taught without it being lived, without the example, and without that multisensory, I'm calling it multisensory, but the feeling that the child or the, the, uh, the, 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 the student has of the fact that this is all encompassing, because that's what Torah, that's what Yiddishkeit, that's what holiness really is all about. And therefore, when it comes to holiday time, and when you're not in the classroom, and you're not getting that from your teacher, well... This is an obligation that parents have to elevate their own flames, to be but a little bit. that's a big challenge because then what a parent challenge. will come and say, well, I'm not a good enough example, then I can't do it. What do you say? We've, to got, to, we've got to be very careful of that kind of an argument. Yes. Um, the, one, the one recommendation that I would give to a parent who may be thinking that they're not qualified, A, you are qualified, and B, up your own game rather than uh, down your own game and say, well, I'm not, I'm not good enough. You need, we need to make ourselves good, better uh, or almost good enough. But if we're not, the one thing that I think is the most important, and perhaps this also came through from the Maccabim, was sincerity. If a parent is maybe not up to that standard, give your children what you can in a sincere fashion. Don't bluff. Don't lie to them. Don't pretend to be something that you're not. Don't try and educate your kids in a way whereby already they can detect that this is not coming through as being that sincere. Um, and if you, don't, if you don't lie to your children, you're on a, a good track already in, uh, in, in the education of your kids. That's, I think that's an, uh, an amazing point that we need to talk about specifically because we do live in a world of bluff. We, we live in a world of, as you said, a world of social media that we take the exact picture of the exact second that we're up to the standard and the rest of the time we're completely off it. And still, when it comes to spiritual connection, when it comes to educating your child, you, you, we still need to keep that honesty. We cannot use the beautiful picture. We have to be authentic. Absolutely, and and so so we have to be authentic, but we also have to live up to. Sometimes we have to live up to our children's standards. Um, if we're sending our children to a school and they're learning about Hanukkah, and uh, we then leave it behind when we go away on holiday and forget about it, um, we're teaching the kids that there is something negotiable about every, 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 everything that's important Our to them. Our values are only when it's practical. Correct, and let's, let's, let's be careful of that. On the contrary, um, when we go away on holiday, or I'm using Hanukkah as an example, when we are celebrating Hanukkah together with our family, here we have a double obligation. We have the obligation that we have as ourselves, as parents, but we have a, an obligation here that we are the mechanchen. We are the educators. And uh, if a child has learned about Hanukkah at home, 
please make sure that uh, at school rather please make sure that they are practicing Hanukkah at home and particularly over this period of time because uh, otherwise we are kind of giving them the message teaching them that there is a a um, that it's only that, theoretical that, that, even. That, correct or or that there are two modes of behavior there's the one that that we do when we when we feel like it and there's the other one that we do when we don't feel like it and uh, which is a huge risk for their um other morals as well because maybe other morals we have we always keep but then the child could say well if i see some morals are kept partially then i'll do this when it works for me absolutely absolutely because uh, you you got it's a very very slippery slope um when we when we are prepared to negotiate away one thing or when we, you know, uh, I don't know, one of my pet peeves is that, uh, that uh, you know, sometimes parents send their children to shul on a, uh, on a Shabbos or a Yom Tif with a maid and they don't come. You know, like, uh, why? Because the kids are going to go to a children's service and play on the playground, etc. For goodness sake, uh, the kids are getting the message there that the shul is a playground, that shul is a place where you go with your maid. Um, it's a place for kids. It's a place and, for kids, which is wonderful. I love it that they, that there are kids and children. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but the or on the playground, it's fine. But the, the parent, there's something missing. The parents need to connect with the fact that this is a moral, spiritual obligation that one needs to set that example for your children. If uh, you're not able to get up on a Shabbos morning to take your kid to shul, how do you expect them to feel in the future that that is something that they've got to continue to, to do? Chinuch, Hanukkah, we've got to be the lights. We've got to uh, be be that light that attracts. And, and lead by example is what you're saying. And, and live by the example. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the, three, the three major points of education, um, and I know that I'm talking to an educator, are example. Always good to learn. Or example, example, example. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so um, w- w- before we continue this, this discussion, so two things. First of all, a reminder, anybody, any listeners, any questions you have, anything you want to add to the show, comment on the show in any level, anything you'd like, please send us a message to 34519 is SMS line or Telegram, 061-895-1019. I'm here with Rabbi Michael Katz um, from Chabad Ilovo, director of the Chabad House of Johannesburg, and here on the Jewish one-on-one on Wednesday's uh, show. Um, we do need to take a, a short ad break. Before the ad break, I'm just going to read the rabbi one of the questions that came in. So, Rabbi, a question that comes in from a listener is like this. A practical question, they say, um, after complimenting you and Lethal, uh, so thank you. And then a practical question. My kids are very tired by the time we are lighting candles. How can we make this happy memories anyway? Before you answer, we do need to take a break, but when we come back, we'll address that question and any other questions you have, please send in. 34519 is a tele- is a SMS line or telegram 0618951019. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 Hi FM, We are back in the middle of a fascinating discussion actually about Hanukkah. I'm here with Rabbi Michael Katz, who is the Rabbi of Chabad Ilovo, director of Chabad House Johannesburg, and obviously the presenter of the main show here of Judaism 101 at Hi FM. And right before the break, uh, asked the Rabbi a question that came through. Online. I'm going to read it again and remind you that if you have any questions about Hanukkah or anything you want to ask, please send us an SMS to 34519 or Telegram 061-895-1019. So here's the question. Hi, good afternoon, Rabbi G. Thank you so much for an amazing show as usual. 
Thank you. I appreciate. A practical question. My kids are very tired by the time we are lighting candles. How can we make this happy memories anyway? So I think we need to explore different ways of, uh, of keeping our kids involved in the Hanukkah story or in Hanukkah per se, uh, not only in the evening. First of all, the lighting of the menorah doesn't have to be all that late. Um, but I do get it that uh, sometimes when kids are on holiday and they've had a busy day, and by 5 o'clock they're already falling asleep. Um, you can play dreidel at any time of the day. You can uh, make a That's game right. at lunchtime um, around the lunch table that doesn't have to dafka be in front of the menorah. Um, we can serve Hanukkah foods at any time. It doesn't have to dafka be exactly when the menorah is burning. Yes, we are limited for time with the menorah. And as we were discussing during the break in northern countries, um, the menorah is lit a lot earlier. Um, four or five o'clock and Hanukkah is uh, well on its way to party time because exactly. you've already lit the menorah, you've sat by it and you've done your, done your job by five o'clock. Here it's a little bit later. But let's look at the great benefit that we have, um, weather, outdoors, uh, warmth, etc. Um, my wife who came from uh, Canada uh, couldn't get used to the concept of Hanukkah when it wasn't <laughs> in, in the, the snow. Yeah. Uh, Hanukkah and the snow went together. Here it's uh, beautiful weather and uh, perhaps to take advantage of that as well. But yes, um, no getting around the fact that the menorah needs to burn into the night, that uh, the family should be present at its lighting. Um, maybe just a little suggestion is uh, uh, let the kids sleep a little bit later in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, I'm sure they'll appreciate that. Yeah, and I think we also have the tools that we can enjoy Hanukkah parties. And during the Hanukkah party is a perfect time to talk about the holiday and to enjoy it and to speak about it. Absolutely, um, and make the make the Hanukkah party earlier. You know, it's kind of the kind of the headspace. We light the menorah and then we have a party. Make the party in before the and let the let the menorah be the uh, the culmination. Yeah. Let it be the uh, the end of the party just before you go to sleep. If the kids need to be in bed by uh, by uh, by seven thirty or seven o'clock or whatever it is, it's still fairly reasonable. And yes, yeah. kids are tired, but uh, I don't know. I I, I tried uh, last Shabbos to keep up with my. My four-year-old grandson, and they can make you, they can make you tired <laughs> way before seven o'clock. Yeah, they they have their ways, and, and yeah, and I think it, it has to do a lot with the chinuch, with the concept of being completely dedicated. And if you're dedicated, you'll find ideas. I mean, just thinking, I know an example. Um, she hates. I, I never speak about her on the show, but she doesn't like it. But my wife, for example, in the last few years when we came to South Africa, and it's much later, she. In South Africa, we all love sushi. So she'll create a beautiful menorah out of sushi, and then we sit around oh. the table and we have a discussion about it, and we talk about the holiday, and we talk about what we could learn. So yes, it's not a menorah, but it, it looks, and it's and it's an opportunity for discussion. So if your head is there, you'll <laughs> get there. And it is possibly also one of the reasons, maybe, why uh, there's the concept of Hanukkah guilt. You know, give your kids something to look forward to at the time of the lighting of the menorah. I've got, feeling, I've got a feeling that that's where uh, other celebrations that take place in other centers around the world, uh, non-Jewish at this time, got the idea from. came from Hanukkah guilt, that you've got to give the kids presents. You don't necessarily have to put them in a dirty sock, but you've got to give them uh, a Hanukkah present. Give them something to look forward to, that after the lighting of the menorah, they're going to get something, uh, whether it's a dreidel or whether it's uh, a coin to put into a pushka or whether it's something special for them to be able to go out and buy themselves some sweets the next day. There is something about that That's by exciting. design to keep the kids interested and keep their attention. Definitely. And, and exactly, just thinking about it, when you 
Yeah, I think keeping them awake, and just like the rabbi mentioned at the beginning, Pesach, so we keep them awake in the whole... Uh, it's a whole mission to keep them awake. We can do the same for Hanukkah. And okay, see I guess I guess that, that here it's eight, it's eight, eight nights. And it's, uh, yeah. Pesach, Pesach <laughs> is one if you're in Israel and two if you're true. in Israel. Yeah. yeah, true, true. But at least some of it we can yeah. get. Okay, so we do need to take our last ad break for today and then we will continue and end. 101.9 short ad break and we will be right back. Chai FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9 We are back to the last final part of today's show, and I'm here with Rabbi Michael Katz, who is the rabbi of Chabad Ilovo, and I, I keep on saying it like there's anybody in South Africa who doesn't know it, but everybody knows, and one of the directors of Chabad House of Johannesburg, including uh, hosting the popular show Judaism 101.9 So, um, to end off, what is your message to educators, parents, to the world about Hanukkah? I think that uh, the answer is in the way we light the menorah itself. And that is that each night we'll increase by lighting another candle. So on the first night, last night we lit one. Tonight we're going to light two. Tomorrow night three and so on. Education has to work like that as well. Um, We're never done. We can't stop. Yes, you're going to say, well, at the end of eight nights, can you imagine if we had Hanukkah every, every, every day of the year? Um, we've got to keep on increasing the idea of increasing in the light, the idea of increasing in education. A Jew has to live like that, um, each and every one of us, that uh, we're never done. We're never, uh, we never know it all. We don't have everything under our belt. We haven't learned everything there is to learn. Education has to continue, and we've got to keep on increasing. And you take a child or an adult who is starting to learn, Today, Aleph is good enough. Tomorrow, they need to know Aleph and Bet. The next day, you've got to add Gimel. You've got to keep on increasing. And if it's a, a, a Mishnah or a Parsha or a, uh, a Blat Gemara or whatever it is, each day, there needs to be an increase. Keep on adding. Don't rest on your laurels. Um, if we say, well, you know what, I've reached a point where I kind of feel that I can plateau out and just leave it there. Unfortunately, then we're on the, on, the, on the decline. We've got to keep on increasing. This is just the way that it, that it is. We've got to keep feeding our children. We've got to keep educating them. We've got to keep on. And the education of children doesn't stop, by the way, when they leave school. Um, there is so much that one can give to kids as they grow up, as they grow older, when they themselves have their own children and so on. That is the style, the role. It never stops. It never stops. And that's that's the message of uh, of Hillel and the way that we light the Hanukkah menorah that's increasing every day. Wow, beautiful. And and to say, and I'm hearing between the lines of what the rabbi is saying, which is amazing, is not only that we're increasing, we're doing the same ones again. So it's not like we did one today, now we're doing two. We're doing the same one of yesterday and increasing and Absolutely. doing the same of the other. Absolutely. Don't forget what you've learned. Don't Repeat forget what, what you've learned and do more. We're embroidering upon it and we're adding to it and we're giving you more. I couldn't think of a more beautiful way to end the show today. Um, Really, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Thank you, Rabbi Michael Katz, for being in the show. Unfortunately, we do have to end, but um, a very insightful and beautiful way to end the show. And Afreilach and Hanukkah. Afreilach and Hanukkah to you, to all the listeners. And please, God, we should uh, really, really be able to turn on the lights and keep them on. Keep them on and add more. And be able to see the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash very soon. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you so much. 101.9. Another great show comes to an end. And we will be back, please God, next Monday, 2 to 3, discuss education. In the meantime, stay safe.
But more than stay safe, this week is a time to grow and achieve and learn. So educate yourself, enjoy, enjoy your family time of Yom Tev and Hanukkah. And yeah, just all the best. And we'll meet again next week at Monday.